in defense of humanity on this 20th day of April 2019. This program is about helping people reawaken to the wonderful qualities of our own species while accepting and understanding that the current corporate commercial legal structure, both government and business is built upon, is actively seeking to take control of all resources on our planet, including humans. Restoring our unalienable rights and preserving our planet will require that we the people understand what has happened and learn how to empower ourselves as living men and women. Much of the information discussed on this show can be found either on my primary website, anticorruptionsociety.com, or my secondary site, parentsagainstmandatoryvaccines.net. There is also an IDH program links page on the anticorruptionsociety.com website where you can locate links to many of the topics we discuss on the show. I'd like to make new listeners aware that there is a free people's empowerment guide to our corporate commercial legal system on my website called Lawfully Yours. It is a collaboration of many men and women in the legal accountability movement. You can locate it by clicking on the Lawfully Yours tab on my website. This guide contains valuable tools for challenging the non-existent authority of our corporate government, as does the notice of condition preceding information also on my website. If you haven't yet processed your own notice, please check it out. Well, tonight I'd like to talk about something monumental that happened on April 11th this year. Um, I'm sure John has mentioned it. It seems like it's been on everybody's program, in everybody's thoughts. Uh, and that was the arrest, the um, really arrest and abduction of Julian Assange from the Ecuador embassy on April 11th. And it, the photographs were chilling. Um, he looked weak. And, and the significance of that arrest and the, the so, so-called supposed crimes he's been accused of are really monumental. I think that they could have reverberations even, even with my little website or even with the entire RBN network. This journalist was basically arrested um, He's been silenced. He's been pursued. All he's done is told the truth. And, and every effort has been made to shut him up. Um, the story, if you haven't followed it, is, is pretty alarming. And I, quite frankly, um, I've listened to hours of interviews of people discussing this arrest and the significance of it. And it is, quite frankly, quite, frankly, quite discouraging. So I'd like to share some of this information, if you're not aware of it, with the listeners tonight, and maybe we can have a discussion as to what people think this might mean. I think it's significant. I think it could it could impact our program right here out of, out of Texas, RBN, and John Miller's good work. I think it could affect, um, and, and maybe already is affecting the Internet. There have been websites and YouTube channels that have been shut down. It does seem like what's happening 
is the money monsters, and that is who really is behind all of the evil on our planet are those who wish to control and do right now um, control basically money and who has access and who doesn't and who has to pay for money and how much interest they get to pay and what's used for collateral and how they get to steal your country if you can't pay the debt, et cetera, et cetera. We've talked about that. Many people have talked about that for many years. Um, but first I'd like to share the, these two YouTube programs, and I'll give you the name of them, so you, if you wish to, to see them for yourself, you can do that. The first one is from the listening post, Al Jazeera English. That's the name of the YouTube channel, Al Jazeera English, and the program is called The Listening Post. This is an 11-minute clip of uh, April 14th, 2019, and it is titled um, Jailed for Journalism, WikiLeaks Editor on Assange Case. Let's listen to what the, the current WikiLeaks editor has to say about the arrest of Julian Assange. Go ahead and play the first one, Ken. When it comes to media personalities and stories about the news and journalism, there are few that come bigger than Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. And this past week, there have been developments. After nearly seven years at the Ecuadorian embassy in London, Assange was dragged out of the building by British police in response to an extradition request from the United States. Assange stands charged with a conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. We will be speaking with a WikiLeaks editor, Christian Rabson, in a few moments. But first, some detail on the charges and the timing of Julian Assange's arrest. This arrest was a long time coming. For years, Julian Assange said that Washington was building a case against him, working towards his extradition to the U.S. for publishing classified Defense Department documents on the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Come on, fire! And State Department documents and emails, the so-called diplomatic cables that exposed the ugly side of American foreign policy. This past week, Assange was proven right. However, the indictment released by the U.S. Department of Justice does not, as many predicted, charge Assange under the Espionage Act for publishing classified information. Such a prosecution would have opened the door to criminal investigations of other news organizations, including mainstream media outlets that published WikiLeaks's material. Instead, the DOJ has charged Assange under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, accusing him of proactively helping his source, Chelsea Manning, log into Defense Department computers to get the documents in question. Regardless of which law U.S. authorities are charging Assange under, press freedom advocates have warned that the criminalization of what Assange does stand accused of, such as the use of encrypted messaging, concealing a source's identity, and using secure drop boxes, all common reporting practices could have precedent-setting implications for journalism in the U.S. and beyond. Let's start with the context and the question, why now? Given that Ecuador took Julian Assange in seven years ago, does the decision to expel him from the embassy and probably place him at the mercy of the U.S. justice system 
simply come down to the fact that the president who initially gave him asylum, Rafael Correa, is no longer in power, having been replaced by the new president, Lenin Moreno. That's exactly what happened. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the only change that was uh, in the scenario was the fact that there was a regime change in Ecuador and the president came in that was willing to bow to the pressure or willing to uh, curry favors with the Trump administration. There had been reports that he, uh, in the New York Times in uh, December, that uh, he was willing uh, to hand you know, Julian Assange over uh, to the Trump administration in exchange for debt relief or favors at the IMF. So it didn't come as a surprise. And therefore, there has been increased pressure inside the Ecuadorian embassy in trying to force him out. And it ended uh, in this manner this week. Edward Snowden was among the people who tweeted <clears throat> on this right away. And he said, images of Ecuador's ambassador inviting the UK secret police into the embassy to drag a publisher of, like it or not, award-winning journalism out of the building are going to end up in the history books. Assange's critics may cheer, but this is a dark moment for press freedom. How do you see this precedent? I totally agree with Snowden on this. It is a very dark day, and it sets up precedents that is uh, totally uh, very dangerous for journalists, uh, editors, publishers all around the world. If you can extradite uh, a journalist to a third country, to the United States, for uh, uh, publishing the truth, uh, no journalist can be secure. So this must be stopped. This must be resisted in all manner. This uh, has to unify journalists around this cause, whatever they may think about Julian Assange. Prosecutors allege that in March of 2010, Julian Assange agreed to assist Chelsea Manning, his source, in cracking a password that would allow Manning to get access to some of those classified U.S. Defense Department documents that would later be released through WikiLeaks. Did that, in fact, happen? And how problematic will that be for Julian Assange's case? Well, this communication, alleged uh, communication between Julian and Chelsea Manning has been out in the open for years. Uh, there is a reference here to uh, an alleged uh, communication between a journalist and a source. And uh, what is dragged forth there? There's a quote there that uh, Julian Assange allegedly said to Chelsea Manning, uh, curious eyes never run dry. And that is supposed to be uh, a proof of uh, conspiracy. It's outrageous. Let's not forget the fact that uh, Chelsea Manning was sentenced to uh, 35 years in prison. Uh, it, uh, she served seven years of that time. She has now been hauled back into, uh, into prison for uh, refusing to testify against Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. So this has been the escalation now. We have Chelsea Manning in prison. We also have Julian Assange in prison. So it's coming to a finale in the saga where a journalist, a publisher, and an editor is going to uh, face prison time for doing what journalists are supposed to be doing. The charges in the U.S. carry a maximum jail time of five years. First of all, do you take the U.S. Justice Department at its word on that? No, I mean, there are two things to consider here. First, uh, uh, this is... Uh, uh, there's a reference to hacking here and being reported in the media as, as conspiracy or hacking, which is, which is a very strange depiction of, of, uh, of this. But secondly, this is only at the, the, the tip of the iceberg. We are absolutely certain that this is uh, only one of the charges that will be brought uh, on Julian Assange, and they will be added on more charges when he arrives, if he arrives in the United States in, in, in chains. Uh, it's 
it's specifically presented in this manner, in our opinion, to uh, increase the likelihood that he will be extradited because people will say, well, it's, it's only five years. So many news outlets published material furnished to them by WikiLeaks over your busiest period. Mm. There were the Afghan war logs, the Iraq war logs, the U.S. diplomatic cables. There was a feeding frenzy among mainstream media news organizations with that material. The New York Times, for instance, published WikiLeaks material, commodified it, turned it into clicks, profited from it, and published an editorial yesterday in which it kind of sat on the fence, whereas The Guardian in the UK said extraditing Assange is wrong. The New York Times sat on the fence and wrote a very carefully worded editorial on that. What do you make of the way news outlets have covered this story this week? Well, they have been trying to play it very safe, and it seems to me that The New York Times, I read that editorial, uh, uh, seemed to be content to, uh, to fall on that plot to uh, say, well, this is not charges for publication. This is not charges for, for journalism, but something totally different. They are falling into buying the narrative of the Trump administration, which I think is, is disgraceful. We all know what this is about. It's about the revelations of war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that is what it's about. The Guardian uh, changed its tune. We have, we have been very critical of the Guardian, and we have to take them to court for a, a, a libelous and, and fabricated story. They printed on November 27, which was a very dangerous one, the one on the allegation that uh, uh, Paul Manafort had somehow secretly had a meeting in the Ecuadorian embassy on three occasions, which is everybody knows is a total fabrication. They will not retract it. Written, uh, by, written by Luke Harding. Written by Luke Harding and Don Collins at the... Uh, and with the help of a third party from Ecuador, actually. So The Guardian changed the tone and uh, came to the right conclusion on this issue. Do you think Julian Assange can get a fair trial in the U.S.? Do you think he can get a fair extradition hearing in the U.K.? Which is more likely, in your view? Well, if I would uh, take into account the, uh, the, uh, the snarky comments by uh, the judge uh, last week about him being a narcissistic personality and what have you, which I uh, thought it was totally outrageous. So you don't have high hopes? I, don't, I do not have high hopes uh, in, in the UK um, court system. As with uh, trial in the United States, it's totally impossible to have a fair trial in the United States. If you consider the harsh words from uh, uh, high officials throughout the years and now from uh, members of the Trump administration, there's no chance that he was going to have a fair trial there. Jeremy Corbyn, the British opposition leader, has come out and said flat out that the extradition of Julian Assange to the U.S. for exposing evidence of atrocities in Iraq and Afghanistan should be opposed by the British government. Can U.K. politicians make a difference, or is it too late for that? Of course they can make a difference, and, uh, and we are really thankful for the uh, support of uh, politicians to this cause. And of, uh, they, they, uh, they have an effect of, of, on public opinion. They might be even be in office when, uh, when, uh, when uh, this comes to uh, a finale in the, the courts here. Uh, of course, they make a difference, uh, just in the same manner that uh, uh, outrageous comments by politicians in the United States make it totally impossible for a fair trial there. This case is about more than Julian Assange. It's about the precedent and the chill that it may set amongst other news organizations. I'm wondering how effective WikiLeaks can be with Julian Assange behind bars. Even with the, you've been with the organization for 10 years. You're now an editor. Are you going to continue to publish information at the rate that you have been? 
We have been, uh, of course, uh, restrained by the, uh, this uh, situation that Julian has, uh, has been in for years. But we have tried to work around it, and we've had ways and means to do that. Uh, there have been uh, uh, weeks and months where Julian has been without uh, any ability to communicate with the outside world, except through uh, lawyers and a couple of colleagues that go in. So we, we, are, able, we are able to work around it, and uh, Wikileaks uh, will continue this work. Christian Harabson, thank you very much for joining us here at the Listening Post today. Thanks for having me. What I found particularly interesting is that um, everyone seems to cite the fact that they exposed the atrocities that took place in Iraq when when the United States invaded. And... um, they don't want the public to be aware of these atrocities that our military is engaged in. And what's, what's fascinating is that the people in these interviews act like this is the first time atrocities that the U.S. military has committed overseas has ever happened or has ever been exposed. And that simply isn't true. I did uh, one program on the book that Nick Terse wrote called Kill Anything That Moves, which was about the atrocities that the U.S. military committed in Vietnam. And that book and Nick Terse were featured on Bill Moyer's program many years ago. So Bill Moyer um, had a large following. So... Anyone who had heard that program and has visited his site or, or you know, typed into YouTube or, or got wind of the story that Nick Terse told in his book already knows the U.S. military has been committing atrocities overseas for years, decades. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back. Extend your life with When your doctor tells you you have bad cholesterol or blockages in the arteries, what do you do? When diet and exercise is not enough, we try medications and hope for the best. For the last two decades, I have been telling people about a natural method to help solve these problems and more. Extendivite can help maintain cardiovascular health and lower blood lipid levels in adults. The seven herbs in Extendivite are known to work together synergistically to get the results we hope for. There are many testimonials on Extendivite's effect on circulatory-related ailments. Get Extendivite today to start your journey back to a healthier life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or see us on amazon.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. 
and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Welcome back. We're talking tonight about the arrest of Julian Assange, which took place on April 11th. And most of the interviews I've heard on this topic claim that he was arrested because he and Manning had footage, live footage, of the atrocities that were committed in the during the invasion uh, of Iraq. Again, I'm kind of puzzled that everybody is saying this is the reason Assange was arrested. Because I think it was approximately 2011, Iraqi Veterans Against the War held a press conference um, called Winter Soldier. And I featured clips from that on this show maybe several years ago where these veterans who had returned from Iraq attended this press conference and uh, confessed uh, to the atrocities that they were called upon by their superiors to commit. And they, when they returned, they were so plagued by the, the what they were called upon to do that some of them surrendered their military benefits. Um, they attended this press conference. They told the truth, and, and they were very... It was very difficult for them to do that, but they told the truth about what they were called upon to do and did to civilians in Iraq and Afghanistan. So it's not like he was the first one to expose the atrocities the U.S. military is called upon to commit overseas. However, everyone keeps saying that because he and Manny, uh, apparently, maybe they were the first ones to have live footage of these events that that is the reason he was being silenced that is the reason he will be silenced that is the reason he will be um, tortured some are convinced he's going to be tortured um, but I just I kind of wonder about that because he most certainly is not the first one to expose what is going on when the United States invades these countries 
so let's listen um, to and we'll, I, I'm not going to break back in until it's over. We're going to now listen to uh, the program Going Underground RT. This program played on April 13th. This is a 19-minute clip. And it features John Pilger, and I'm not sure the listeners are aware who he is. He apparently at one time worked for the BBC. He got disgusted in the way the news was being censored. He wasn't being allowed to tell the truth. He has gone around the world and done what you would call excellent, honest journalism. He's done several documentaries. Again, his name is John Pilger, P-I-L-G-E-R. I think he's dynamite. Almost everything he's done is just extraordinary. So he did an interview, again, on Going Underground RT. And you can, you can see it on YouTube. If you uh, type in John Pilger, Julian Assange exposed, U.S., kill them all mentality okay let's let's go ahead and play the second clip ken i'm afshin ratanti and you're watching a going underground special in the week the british authorities after nearly seven years of arbitrary detention captured the founder of wikileaks coming up on the show when one publication publishes a, a dynamite story other publications don't have a story and so they try and undermine the, the story in some way. They, they have to write something, so they, they will often do that. Um, and then, unfortunately, a lot, uh, you know, a lot of those people are too close uh, to the very powers that they should be trying to hold to account. If we go back uh, and, and look at what the U.S. military, uh, Robert Gates and General McMullen, uh, said about our publications of, of, of creating hypotheticals that maybe they would cause harm, uh, our publications documented their involvement at a case-by-case level in the deaths of more than 20,000 people in Afghanistan and more than 108,000 people in Iraq. Those are the stakes that we were talking about. Um, not only the dissolution of two societies, but the deaths of over 100,000 people. And so when you want to distract from this, um, you just make the same accusation to the to the person that is making accusation against you. It's it's sort of it's a kin, sort of kindergarten rhetoric. The founder of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, there speaking to going underground from the Ecuadorian embassy. Before we go to Doughty Street Chambers in London to speak to Julian's lawyer, Jeffrey Robertson QC, about the legal and human rights implications of the case, I'm joined now from Sydney in Australia by legendary journalist and filmmaker John Pilger. John, welcome to Going Underground. You've said the arrest of Julian Assange by British authorities is a warning to all journalists. Uh, explain. It's a, it's a warning from history. It's a stark warning. Uh, anybody watching that shocking image of Julian being forced out of the embassy by half a dozen uh, police and pushed into a van will know that if that can happen to somebody for using journalism to let us know the truth, that can happen to anybody. And if Julian <coughs> is in, as he's in prison now, but if he's on the way to an American prison, well, the principle is unaltered. On the way to an American prison could be a host of other editors if they push their luck. Catherine Viner of The Guardian, the editor of The New York Times, 
And I don't say that lightly. The lead lawyer of the New York Times has said it. If Julian and WikiLeaks can be prosecuted, so can the editors of those newspapers that carried their work. This is an, this is an assault on journalism. But, you know, it, more than that, it's an assault on citizenship because it can happen to anybody right across the world. It is saying that international law doesn't apply. Julian was an accredited um, beneficiary of the whole notion of, of, of asylum. The, the United Nations Working Party on uh, Arbitrary Detention made that absolutely clear. And it was clear in covenants to which Britain is a signatory. Now, if that can be torn up, if a, a regime as mired in in murk and corruption as the Lenin-Marino regime in Ecuador is today, can call in the police in any country to arrest asylum seekers, then think of all the historical examples. We don't have to think about them so much. I reported from the Soviet Union at the height of the Cold War in the 1970s, and I watched the KGB and their associates do something similar to dissidents, intimidate them, march them out of their, of their flats, intimidate their families. That was for political reasons. What has happened to Julian has happened on a political whim. The idea that it's about bail infringement is ridiculous. We both know that. Uh, it's about getting him across to a supermax in the United States, it opens up a whole chapter of really diminishing the very principles that came out of the Second World War upon which the Universal Declaration is based. It shows how fragile they are. Do these lesser political beings in London, in this government, really understand that? Do they understand what they're setting in train? I don't think so. You say it's a warning to journalists, uh, journalists all around the world, let alone uh, here in uh, Britain, Sky News, Channel 4 News, because the CNN in the United States seem much more keen to emphasize that this is nothing about these big values you're talking about. It's more about messiness in uh, the embassy, now, of course, under the control of Lenin Marino in Quito, and, uh, and rape uh, accusations. Of course they do, because journalism... Journalism in recent years has changed, not radically. It was always, the so-called mainstream was always an extension of the state, of the state's ideology. Our freedom of debate has diminished. But how the powerful are no longer challenged. They're cha challenged on a trivial level but how they're not challenged about uh, the greatest humanitarian disaster in the world today, and that is in Yemen, for which the British government is largely responsible, and where Britons are helping to direct this, this uh, atrocity, helping with bomb aiming for Saudi aircraft and logistics and strategies and so on. When is this 
When has this been made a, a burning issue of debate? We've handed a whole world of, of the abandonment of basic democracy, which is based on dissent, on challenging, on holding power to account, on revelation, on the embarrassment of power. Not trivial embarrassment, the embarrassment of the odd celebrity, but real embarrassment. And WikiLeaks provided that service, that public service of journalism. And it did it without fear or favor. You know, they published something like 800,000 documents on Russia, documents from the Kremlin, documents that were used in, in, uh, in court cases in, in Russia. They published the same about China. Uh, but the United States and Britain, particularly the United States, has aroused the ire because what we're in the... The midst of at the moment is the world's great superpower struggling to maintain its dominance, its information dominance, its technological dominance, its cultural dominance. And WikiLeaks has presented an extraordinary hurdle to this. Julian Assange then has become enemy number one, but he should be, and I don't say this lightly, he should be hero number one hero number one, because if we lose the Assanges, and there are many of them, if a handful maybe, there's certainly no one like him, if we lose the WikiLeaks, then we lose a, a whole strata of freedom. We stop questioning. You said he is a hero. The Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, here said he is no hero. The Prime Minister, Theresa May, started in uh, the House of Commons by saying the House should welcome his arrest. Alan Duncan, the Foreign Minister, said it's total rubbish to raise the UN ruling on arbitrary detention. And the judge, because quite apart from the media that we talk about quite often, uh, the judge, uh, District Court judge here, Michael Snow, in uh, Westminster Magistrates Court, characterized Assange as uh, having the behavior of a narcissist who can't get beyond his own selfish interest. Well, that's just abuse. That's not a judge. That's an abuser. Another judge would recognize that as an abuser. The rest, frankly, you name Jer Jeremy Hunt, the man responsible for, for the, so much destruction of the National Health Service when he was Secretary of State for Health. I mean, frankly, I don't think these are credible people. I think in the world of politics, we're in a very diminished state. I'm trying to be polite about this, but <laughs> I, I mean, commenting on what Hunt says or the rest of them, it used to be like commenting on what Boris Johnson says. There's the problem. There's another problem, of course. Where is the opposition? Diane Abbott made a, a spirited uh, effort to describe Julian Assange's dilemmas and his health and so on. But what did the leader, what did Jeremy Corbyn say? He said that the government should oppose his extradition. I mean, frankly, it's best that Jeremy Corbyn doesn't say anything rather than tepid remarks like that. If there was an opposition leader who could stand up to the maze, the hunts, and the rest, then perhaps we'd have 
some sense of real truth in debate. To simply say the government should oppose the extradition is not enough. It should be spelt out in, in Parliament what this, this, this uh, extradition might mean. It, that it threatens Julian's life. That he could end up spending the rest of his life in the kind of uh, conditions that the UN reporter on torture has already described. He's already said that uh, that's what he faces. That's what we need to hear from the political opposition in Britain. Okay, well, let's go to one of the most important WikiLeaks revelations, according to Julian Assange. You've obviously covered so many decades of war by great powers. He said the U.S. Special Forces unconventional warfare manual about sabotage, subversion, intelligence, overthrowing foreign governments, specifically naming the IMF and the World Bank and OECD as players in these strategies for unconventional warfare. He said that that was one of the most important leaks. Uh, was it to you? Yes, I think it was one of the most important leaks because it, it demonstrates the very nature of how the United States fights its colonial wars. There are so many leaks that are related to telling us about the true nature of war. Of course, what really got Julian into trouble, and Chelsea Manning, of course, <coughs> was the video of collateral murder. And that expressed most graphically what I would describe as the whole homicidal nature of American colonial wars, and especially in Iraq, the 360-degree view of just kill them all. And anybody watching that video uh, really has to read very little else of the WikiLeaks revelations about the nature of American wars, because there it is. There is a kind of consensual belief. I'm trying to think of a polite term for brainwashing, frankly, that uh, we don't do these kind of things. We are perpetually benign on our side, and the Americans are part of that. These things simply do not happen. They only, they only happen on their side. They only, are, they're done by uh, totalitarian states. Uh, they're done by rogue states, when in fact... Clearly, the biggest rogue state of all is the United States, uh, the one that ignores international law, that has threatened the prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, has, has told her that she can't have a visa to visit the United Nations in New York. John Pilger, I'll stop you there. More from John Pilger after this break. And we go to world-famous Doughty Street Chambers to speak to its founder, Julian Assange's lawyer, Jeffrey Robertson, QC. That's all coming up after this break. Welcome back. I'm still here with legendary journalist and filmmaker John Pilger. As of the timing of this interview, there's been no real solidarity shown by Bernie Sanders, unlike fellow uh, presidential candidate for the Democrats, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. But uh, here, we've been told, and in the United States, Clinton email releases by WikiLeaks were embarrassing, rather than any mention, say, of uh, uh, money for the Clinton Foundation from uh, nations associated with uh, Islamist terrorism. What, what's the difference here? Embarrassing versus... Uh, corruption and uh, corruption against arguably yeah. the interests of the United States. 
I think that that shows the almost what is it? Uh, it's a it's a kind of primal need to protect these people. The Clinton emails, the Podesta emails, what they showed was that Clinton, Hillary Clinton, was uh, a bedfellow of those who backed jihadism in the Middle East. That she knew that the backers of jihadism uh, in, in, uh, in, in uh, the Middle East, principally Saudi Arabia, uh, she knew what they were doing. Uh, so she knew about the source of jihadism when IS was at its height. And she was then Secretary of State. And she organized the biggest arms deal in history in selling arms, American arms, to Saudi Arabia. But it made her a de facto ally of jihadism in the Middle East. What that has to do with embarrassment, I don't know. If anyone's embarrassing, I would have thought she is, or ought to be, and her superiors and her underlings in, in Washington. It's a ridiculous way of characterizing it. Let's go to Vault 7, uh, the largest CIA leak in history via WikiLeaks. Uh, important uh, about the revelations of uh, malware in all our mobile phones and uh, making hacks appear as if they're from China and Russia? Edward Snowden has explained all this. Your phone can spy on us. It really infuriated uh, uh, the CIA, and that's very understandable because it told us uh, what they're up to. It told us the, the intensity and sophistication of their surveillance. And so much of this, and I mentioned earlier about almost everything has to do with America uh, trying to reclaim its dominance, particularly in relation to China. The whole campaign against Huawei uh, is over 5G technology. And Huawei has claimed, with some justification, that their devices are the only ones without a backdoor that the NSA cannot enter. In other words, you can have a device from Huawei that isn't contaminated by the NSA and or the other agencies in the United States. Uh, and you can also have 5G. The Chinese development in technology is soaring ahead. That has so much to do with all of this. What about the fact that uh, Assange explicitly emphasized one cable from Ambassador William Roebuck to destabilize Syria, that big news story that's all but disappeared from all our front pages uh, in recent wake weeks, uh, that, that cable yeah. supposedly uh, about instigating a war uh, as far back as 2006. The media, as I've said, is an extension of governments and their vested interests. And the British government, the US government, uh, set out to overthrow the government in Syria. They failed so far. They failed. For those who wanted to know the truth, there it was in a WikiLeaks cable, the, the destabilization of, of Syria. But look, you can go back. I've seen 
MI6 cables back in the 50s that have been declassified that, that talk about uh, the same thing, about how they can destabilize Syria. Uh, it was then Assad's father. Syria was an important piece in the, in the whole Middle East chess game for Western powers, Western oil powers. It's been going on for a very long time. John Belger, thank you. Well, I thought that was quite interesting, especially what he said about Huawei. Um, Central Ohio has Huawei as a server. In fact, Huawei is my internet connection. Uh, I was unaware that, that Huawei did not allow a backdoor. I'll have to check that out. Um, but again, he's talking about these atrocities. And um, gosh, in fact... There are authors who exposed atrocities that were committed during World War II by the American military. I don't know about World War I. I haven't heard that yet. But this has been going on a long time, and, and we've all been told that war is hell, and you don't want to talk about it. And we welcome back all our military men with, with parades, and we're so happy to have them back. And, and um, Nick Terse, in his book, Kill Anything That Moves, he exposed the fact that post-traumatic stress disorder is most likely a result of the activities and the actions that the U.S. military is being called upon to commit against civilian populations. And this has been going on a long time. And these men, when they come home, they have to live with that. They have to live with what they were involved with and what they were literally coerced, if not forced, to do. So maybe this is another wake-up call for the American people. I hope so. I hope the American people stop with this fantasy they have that wherever the U.S. military goes, our, our servicemen are benevolent, they're kind, they're improving the life of the people whose country they enter when that is simply not the case. Uh, it may be somewhere on the planet they go and give aid, but it cannot compensate for the number of civilians that are being murdered by the American military every day. What also was interesting is they, the, the interviewer, uh, stated that the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank are players in the strategy of unconventional warfare. On every interview I've heard on this topic, they talk about the new president of Ecuador being influenced by International Monetary Fund and World Bank loans, more or less bribed. <clears throat> um People have to understand the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank are not simultaneous with the United States Corporation. They are indeed a separate entity, International Monetary Fund and World Bank. These are branches of the Rothschilds money dynasty. This is part of what was set up at, after World War II. Okay, when the United States met at Bretton Woods, 
this whole idea, the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, that's the money monsters, folks. That's the Rothschild money monsters, the same group, I might add, that is behind the founding of Israel. Rothschild was very, very instrumental in the founding of Israel and in the creation of a Jewish state. So how much is the United States responsible for and how much is the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank responsible for? I wish that these guys like John Pilger would talk a little bit more about their role in all of this because they are behind the scenes pulling the strings as far as I can tell and I'm going to invite people to call in and tell me what they think um, as far as who is behind the atrocities that are being committed in our name, I might add, in our name, um, in these in these poor countries that we invade for no good reason, other than to help Israel. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be back soon. Did you know that neither the American Medical Association nor the American Bar Association were established to benefit the American people? Have you recognized that in our country, health care has little to do with health and that our court system has nothing to do with justice? The priests of both medicine and law have been incentivized to implement a dark agenda on behalf of the Bilderbergers and their ilk. To protect ourselves and our progeny, we need to take a much closer look at how these two giant industries really work. Join me, Al Whitney, on In Defense of Humanity, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Central, as we expose the matrix and learn how not to consent to our own destruction. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. This product is superb. I have been taking it for about a year now, and I can feel my cardiovascular system run like a Swiss watch. I definitely recommend this product for anyone that has high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and heart palpitations, A+. It's potent, but it works. I have been waking up for the past three years with numb hands, and a week into using Extendivite, my numb hands seemed to have cleared up. My circulation was off, and now it's back on track. So I'm happy. I feel so energized, and I have my husband on it now. My mother-in-law has cholesterol problems, so I bought her a bottle as well. Thank you so much. Love the product. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. 
Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AROutfitting.com. I want to mention another interview that I thought was quite interesting. And this is on a, um, a YouTube channel, Outside the Box. And it is the project of Jason Liosatos, L-I-O-S-A-T-O-S, Jason Liosatos. He has a YouTube channel called Outside the Box. And on the 11th of April, he interviewed Paul Craig Roberts, and if you um, type in your search box, YouTube dash Paul Craig Roberts interview Julian Assange arrest, you will be able to hear that interview. It's about 50 minutes long. Now, Paul Craig Roberts was an assistant secretary of the Treasury during the Reagan administration. I'm not sure Paul Craig Roberts today really understands what the U.S. Treasury, Department of Treasury, actually is. In fact, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. However, he has been very, very honest about what has happened to the economy since the Reagan administration and the outsourcing and the insourcing of foreign workers, outsourcing of our industry. He's very, very honest and straightforward about about the student loan crisis that we are currently undergoing. And this interview, he is quite frankly shocked. He sees himself, I think, as one of the journalists who could end up like Julian Assange. He is actually quite stressed during the interview, in my opinion, and and the listeners can decide for themselves. He's very straightforward. He's very honest. He's very concerned. He sees no solution for our country other than the citizens of the United States taking to the street in opposition of what is going on. And he he literally does not think that the American people will ever do that. Uh, And he's kind of got a nervous laugh throughout this interview that to me depicts how shaken he was by, by this event of the arrest of Julian Assange. I think the interview might have taken place on the the same day that Assange was arrested. But he brings up a lot of points uh, about the concept of freedom of speech and that that basically we don't have freedom of speech. And I'm pretty sure that the listeners of this program have seen that freedom of speech erode over many years, most maybe probably more so since 9-11. Um, once 9-11 occurred and they brought on the War on Terror and the Real ID Act and they started treating all Americans as if we were terrorists, everything tightened, including freedom of speech. It's getting worse, in my opinion, and 
Um, the listeners are welcome to share their thoughts on that. But in my opinion, it's getting worse every day. And Julian Assange's arrest was just another example of how they're clamping down on freedom of speech. The people who've been talking about APEC, and we've done some programs exposing APEC, have all been talking about the fact that the United States is in the Middle East as proxy warriors for Israel. Stay tuned and we'll take this back. Don't regret growing old. It's a privilege denied to many. Heart disease is taking our youth from us. Young people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond are dying needlessly. One of the hardest messages I've ever had to deliver is to convince people that something natural like Extendivite should be taken as a preventative measure. I'm sure you heard an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Extendivite is that ounce. Take Extendivite for one year and see what your doctor has to say and how much better you feel. Herbs take time to address the problem. It took years of life to have a problem. Give Extendivite one year to fix the problem. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or visit us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.